You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me as always, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Glad to have you listening to our Wednesday show, whether it's your first time checking out Locked On Seahawks or your regular listener. We're glad to have you on board. Jam-packed episode, including a very special guest, one of Seattle's new undrafted free agent signings, running back Josh Johnson will be joining us here on the show in the third quarter. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now for your lead story here on Locked On Seahawks. For the second straight day, the Seahawks adding some depth at the linebacker position, though they did it by a bit more of conventional means today. For the NFL transaction wire, Seattle claimed linebacker Nate Evans off waivers from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Evans came out of UCF last year as an undrafted free agent, did not play in any games for Jacksonville, spent most of the year on their practice squad, and then was recently waived with the new draft picks coming in. Rob, this is a player we actually talked about quite a bit going into the 2020 NFL draft because nobody was anticipating the Seahawks were going to take Jordan Brooks in the first round or a linebacker that early. We were looking at late in day three to get a linebacker. And Nate Evans, 6'1", 241 pounds, good athlete. He fits the mold of what the Seahawks normally look for at the off-ball linebacker position. He does, as you just mentioned, six one two forty one. He was a big, uh, a big time playmaker for um, for UCF for a team that, of course, went undefeated just a couple of years ago. Um, he was a big part of that. A really productive football player. You like the instincts, you like the athletic ability, and just the physicality which he presents. He's got really long arms as well. And usually, when you have that combination of traits, then um, then you are a guy that not only is a good player now, but also can get bigger and better. Um, and so I, when I watched him on tape, I saw a guy that was a little bit more of that kind of classic inside linebacker. I think obviously the Seahawks feel like they've got a pretty good one already inside linebacker and Bobby Wagner, but there has been some questions about depth throughout all of Seattle's linebacking core. Um, so I think that this is uh, another selection or another addition, I should say, kind of like Dunker a year, or yesterday we were talking about that I, I think makes a lot of sense for the Seahawks. You don't know exactly what they're going to be but for a club that that needed to add some more depth at linebacker you're getting a young player a guy who played at a high level a guy who understands what it's what's expected at the nfl level uh, i think that this is one of those kind of minimal risk and potentially a big game kind of addition and he's the type of off-ball rangy linebacker with speed that the seahawks have always coveted and he's a guy that racked up a lot of tackles over 210 tackles in his last two seasons at UCF he was a first team all AAC selection as a junior and then a second team selection as a senior so one of the best defensive players in that conference starring for a team that consistently wins double digit games 
And so he came into the league with a little bit of fanfare, even though he was an undrafted free agent. He was coming from a program near Jacksonville. They kept him in state. Didn't get to play in any games, though. I look at the depth chart for Seattle at this point. Clearly, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks are going to be your two starters. The Sam linebacker position, you still haven't brought back K.J. Wright. Who knows if that happens or not. And you've got Cody Barton, Ben Burkirvan. They signed, uh, as you mentioned, Aaron Donker. They got him from the international player uh, program. So they're going to have him coming in as well. And they signed John Radigan out of Army as an undrafted free agent. That's your depth chart right now. So they've got a lot of bodies that they've been adding the last few days, but there's not a lot of experience there behind Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks. Barton's gotten on the field some. Burkirvin's played special teams mainly, but this is a team that certainly could use some reinforcements. So I'm not surprised they've added a few linebackers. I won't be surprised if they add another body or two. And this will kind of be my closing remark on Nate Evans here. What does interest me a little bit, I remember going back and watching his UCF film. He did have some issues getting off blocks at times, but he has 33 and 38 inch arms. For a linebacker that's 6'1", those are pretty long arms. And we know the Seahawks like to have long-armed players at the Sam linebacker spot. I don't know if he can handle playing up near the line like that because of his issues with getting off blocks. But he's got arm length, he's got athleticism, and he's a tackling machine. So I'm kind of curious if he might be a guy they take a look at playing a couple of different linebacker spots. And that'll give him a little better chance, potentially, of making this roster in August. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I, again, if, if you have a guy who has that, that kind of arm length, then I think that if you just teach him a little bit more technique, then you have the possibility of being able to, to take full advantage of those long arms. So I think the strong side linebacker position might be something that um, that, that he could be able to learn. Um, at the same time, you, you touched on this, that, that he's, while a good athlete in terms of his testing, he, he was not a guy that really stood out in terms of coverage um, for UCF. I I liked his ability, however, to to close downhill quickly. He had a lot of tackles for loss uh, over his career. And then the Seahawks, of course, know Central Florida pretty well. Shaquem Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, after drafting both of those guys. Um, so I think that that has something to do with it as well. Um, and then with Urban Meyer coming into Jacksonville, you knew that he was going to basically be cutting ties with some of the previous regime's players. I think that's where Seattle has a chance to kind of pilfer some of these guys because you have a lot of NFL teams out there, Corbin, who just had these big flash drafts and they're going to wind up just cutting bait essentially with some of the guys who who maybe um, don't fit in with what the new coaches are looking for the Seahawks are going to have to be able to find some bargains right now their roster is still is still pretty small we talked a lot about how they need to add some bodies at linebacker two days in a row they've been able to do exactly that and like I said I think we might see another linebacker too and I know fans are hoping that it's number 50 I know that that's who they're hoping ends up signing back with the Seahawks, but I could see them adding another linebacker or two before it's all said and done. And we don't have the official list of undrafted free agents that have been signed either. They might have a second linebacker that is on that list to go with Radigan coming out of Army. So there's a lot of moving parts here. This is certainly an active part of free agency, the third phase, so to speak, coming out of the draft where teams start cutting players and then they're signing guys still there's still a lot of roster movement as we start to get prepared for offseason activities whatever those look like this year and of course training camp at the end of July when we come back in the second quarter the draft and most of free agency are in the books we're going to play a little bit of stock watch here looking at which players have seen their stock go up 
since the draft wrapped up and which players based on the moves this offseason might want to be looking over their shoulders with some new players coming into town. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Seahawks fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Nugenic Total Tea is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance, and like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help get you back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced for Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so that you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at several of these rings, Michelle Fontaine's ring stood out as the one that I'd buy as a gift. It's a great conversation piece, unique and cool. Make sure to check all these out. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith, joined by Rob Rang. We're now deep into the offseason. We've got a couple months until training camp officially gets here. Unlike last season, it looks like we're going to have rookie mini camps. There might be some offseason activities on the field. A little different than 2020. Might not see your veterans out there. All this is fluid right now around the league as we still are dealing with with the COVID-19 pandemic and some major changes in how players want to look at the offseason. But nonetheless, most of the rosters around the league are filling out. We aren't going to see a ton of move. There will still be some. There's going to be some cuts. There's going to be some signings. But at this point, we have a pretty good idea which players are going to be on the Seahawks roster and which ones are not going to be. And so it's time to play stock watch. Which players have benefited the most from the free agent additions as well as the draft picks made by the Seahawks? and which players might want to look over their shoulder a little bit with some of the competition that's been brought in. Let's start with the stock up. Which players have bolstered their stock or should benefit from the new additions? For me, Rob, number one, two, and three on this list has to be Ethan Posick because all along we thought Posick was going to at least have somebody brought in in the draft that could push him, that could compete for that starting job, and yet That didn't happen. The Seahawks did not use any of their draft picks in the center. They didn't sign any other centers in free agency. They did bring back Kyle Fuller, but Fuller was the backup last year. You would expect that Ethan Posick now is cemented in the starting lineup for the Seahawks at the center position. That's not what a lot of people expected to happen. So 
it's going to be him as the guy, whether that's the right move or not. That's the direction the Seahawks have opted to go. So Posick is a big winner based on what the Seahawks have done this offseason. Oh, no question about it, Corbin. He absolutely is a big winner. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Seattle only signed him back for a one-year deal, and because this was, at least in my opinion, a historically good draft class um, at the center position, that was a big reason why I uh, personally thought that Seattle might go in that direction. Um, Clearly, the Seahawks didn't think that it was nearly as big of a priority as I did. Um, And and so I think that that is a, 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 you know, definitely a confidence booster for Ethan Posick, and I think that it makes some sense. I mean, Russell Wilson has been a little bit, uh, you know, kind of adverse to the idea uh, of Seattle bringing in rookie offensive linemen. And with Ethan Posick having been in the league for several years now, having the size that he does, that was one of the big arguments I was making with Josh Myers. I, I think that it, it does make some sense that Seattle just kept Ethan Posick and, and allow him to hopefully get better the second year at that position. Going the exact opposite direction, you know, I, I think that another player who has the stock up a little bit would be the cornerback DJ Reed. I mean, we saw it was it was a surprise to me when, when Seattle uh, wound up selecting the Oklahoma cornerback Trey Brown, um, who has the, the shorter arms. But I think that that is a a statement basically about how impressed that Seattle was with the play of DJ Reed, the only cornerback on Seattle's roster other than Brown that has those shorter arms. And so I don't believe that the Seahawks would have made that move for Trey Brown. Um, that Pete Carroll would have been talking about how he maybe has to change his thinking a little bit, if not for the stellar play of DJ Reed last season. So I think that DJ Reed absolutely has to be one of the big winners of, of this offseason as well. And I'm going to go to the quarterback position because there's been so much talk all offseason. Is Russell Wilson going to get traded? Why is Russell Wilson unhappy? And then, of course, he comes out, talks about getting hit too much. And so all those concerns, you brought in Gabe Jackson via trade. And then during the draft, you get him another speedy, explosive weapon in Dwayne Eskridge in the second round. And I still think maybe the pick that isn't getting talked enough about of these three, you got him potential protection for years to come in Stone Forsyth when you picked him in the sixth round. You got a really athletic tackle that is best known for his pass protection prowess. And so I think when you consider those two moves being made in the offensive line, maybe Forsythe isn't ready to play right away. There isn't a spot for him right now, but that guy is going to be one of the tackles of the future. He's big. He's really light in his feet. He's excellent in pass protection. Gabe Jackson has been one of the better pass protecting guards in football for close to a decade. And so you really did Russell Wilson a favor there by upgrading pass protection at those spots. And really, Sticking with Ethan Posick over a rookie, that might be what Russell Wilson was okay with because you mentioned he hasn't necessarily been in favor of having rookie offensive linemen. So I think Russell Wilson is a big winner by getting another weapon that he can throw the football to that offers a little different skill set than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and having a few additions on the offensive line, along with Gerald Everett as well, another weapon in the passing game that he can take advantage of. Yeah, I'm happy that you mentioned Gerald Everett because I think that that is a, a key addition to the Seahawks offense as well that, that sometimes gets overlooked a little bit. Um, and, and so, again, I think that that is uh, a really big move by the Seahawks. I, I'm especially intrigued by Gerald Everett in Seattle's offense, given the fact that the Seattle is going to be bringing back another player who, again, I think is a player who is going to his stock is going up during this offseason. That's being the tight end Kobe Parkinson. I 
think a lot of people forget about him as well as Daryl Taylor. They essentially are additions to Seattle's 2021 draft class because, of course, neither one of them were able to contribute much of anything a year ago, but they are legitimately talented players. We, we started off in the first quarter today, Corbin, talking about Seattle's relative dearth of talent and, and, and bodies at the linebacker position. Well, Daryl Taylor played that position previously, so it remains to be seen what exactly the Seahawks want to do there. And going back to Parkinson, with his length, his height, um, and, and kind of a nice contrast to Gerald Everett, kind of a short, squatty guy with power and with speed, it's very similar to what uh, the Rams had with, with, Sh with Shane Waldron had with the Rams with Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. So again, I think that it does, kind of going back to Russell Wilson, it does make him a big winner in this process. And oh, by the way, things are a lot easier on your running back when you bring back the thousand yard running back behind him. So Chris Carson coming back, I think certainly helps this offense and therefore uh, Russell Wilson that much more as well. Now let's talk stock down because there always are going to be a handful of players that are going to be negatively impacted by the players that are brought in in free agency. And most of the time, even more so by the draft. The first name that jumps out to me, though, I think the player that's been impacted most by the free agent moves as well as the draft is Trey Flowers. He has started a lot of games for the Seahawks in his first three seasons. Very inconsistent. There have been a couple stretches where it's really looked like he was coming into his own, moving from that safety spot to corner, and then he regresses. He's had a few minor injuries that have cost him a couple of games, and then he's come back and he's looked flat in the field, and he doesn't have the greatest change of direction skills. Teams have taken advantage of that in the NFC West. And so I look at the moves the Seahawks have made. He brought in another tall, long corner in Akella Witherspoon that was a third-round pick in 2017. The Seahawks loved him coming into the pre-draft process. He has started quite a few games in San Francisco. They also brought in Pierre Desir, who has been in their system before and has started a lot of games previously with the Colts and last year started a few games with the Jets. So you've got two experienced corners that have the size Trey Flowers brings to the table. You've got DJ Reed coming back. And then you draft Trey Brown, which shows the Seahawks are going to be adjusting maybe the types of corners they're willing to throw out there on the outside. And you add in the fact that we don't know if number 25 might be coming back. There's still a possibility Richard Sherman could be in play. That would make things even rougher for Trey Flowers. But when you look at all the moves that they've made in cor at corner with the veterans they've signed, as well as using one of their few draft picks on an outside corner, it doesn't bode well for Trey Flowers' future. Not only the fact that he's going to be afraid enough this year, I think it puts him potentially in jeopardy if he's not able to come out and really put things together. It could put his roster spot in jeopardy because his cap hit is more than $2 million. It could. Uh, I know I, I'm a little higher on Trey Flowers than I know a lot of Seahawks fans are. Uh, I just like the competitor. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, you're absolutely right, Corbin. I mean, the fact that Seattle has brought in as many other corners as they have, then then that's not uh, you know that that's not a sign of confidence. Uh, you know, in Trey Flowers. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. And you mentioned the salary ramifications. I mean, that is significant with a team that is as close, uh, you know, at the cap as Seattle is. Um, and just all of the bodies that they brought in at the cornerback position. And it's because of all the bodies that they're bringing in at certain positions is where I'm going to go next with the running backs. I mentioned it before. What, what Seahawks fans already know is that the, the Seattle was fortunate to bring back their bell cow in Chris Carson. And then, um, you know, 
you look at the the undrafted free agents that were brought in this class, there's some talent there. Uh, Josh Johnson, you know, you set up an interview with him in the third quarter. Um, he, you watch him on tape, and this is the talented back. He actually he reminds me a little bit of another former Seahawk, Justin Forsett, who wound up rushing for a thousand yards uh, in the Baltimore Ravens a little bit later in his career. I, I see that type of burst here. I see that type of physicality, and so you know, maybe a Travis Homer, maybe a DJ Dallas. It, it's been nice, but you're going to have to step up your game a little bit to guarantee your roster spot as well. Yeah, I think the running backs could be in trouble at the bottom of the depth chart because I think B.J. Emmons, the other undrafted rookie they brought in, has some intrigue too. He didn't have the production in college that Josh Johnson did at Louisiana Monroe, but you've got a couple of really athletic running backs that fit the size mold that Seattle likes, and so Dallas and Homer, just because you were draft picks in recent years, does not guarantee you a roster spot. John Schneider made that clear last week before the draft that we are not going to hold we're not going to hold face just to keep a player because we drafted him. If they get beat out by somebody we signed undrafted, then so be it. They want the best fifty three players they can get in the field. So I certainly think the running backs could be in trouble. One other name that I've got down on my list: John Ursua out at the receiver position. Dwayne Eskridge being drafted and then signing Cade Johnson as an undrafted free agent. Johnson had a fourth round grade in my book, a really savvy route runner out of the slot. And here's where he's already got an advantage on John Ursua. Ursua has not been able to win a job on the roster consistently because of his special teams, lack of special teams ability. Kate Johnson can play special teams. Dwayne Eskridge can play special teams. So I think John Ursua, if he could make the roster last year, I think he's going to be really hard-pressed to make it this year. And I think with it being his third season, that could mean the Seahawks have moved on from it by the time training camp gets over. Speaking of moving on, I think KJ Wright has to be one of the players who obviously is not currently on Seattle's roster, but a player that a lot of people have talked about that they want to be on Seattle's roster. If the Seahawks do move on, then obviously he has been the biggest uh, of the losers stocked down uh, throughout this entire process. So I think we have to mention him. You you mentioned what uh, the the draft pick that doesn't get enough attention from people being Stone Forsyth. I think with Cedric Abway, uh, you know he. Is is a player that that Pete Carroll mentioned in his, in his uh, pre-draft press conference that you know that he needed to give Cedric Abway a little bit more opportunities to compete as a starting role, presumably uh, instead of Brandon Shell. But with Stone Forsyth having his talent, his upside, uh, I think that that uh, that Abway is somebody that better have his head on a swivel um, because this is a, a the Seahawks team that is looking has always prioritized youth, um, and, and that certainly Stone Forsyth has that type of upside and as well as some of the other big bodied uh, offensive linemen that Seattle brought in undrafted free agency that would be just the Seahawks kind of move to be able to be ta- to keep some of these younger players over a guy who at least in the views of some is a little bit of a league retread coming up next in the third quarter speaking of one of the players we just talked about Josh Johnson coming from Louisiana Monroe big athletic running back 1200 yard rusher two years ago for the Warhawks He's going to join me and special guest host Ty Gonzalez to introduce himself to the 12s. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and all of the UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back, 12s. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Now jumping on to join me, special guest host, Ty Gonzalez. We're so excited to introduce one of Seattle's new undrafted rookie free agents, Josh Johnson coming from Louisiana Monroe, rushed for over 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns during the 2019 season, a second team all Sunbelt selection, a hard-nosed runner with plenty of explosiveness. Hey, so Josh, we, we appreciate having a chance to uh, introduce you to the 12s, though it looks like on social media you've kind of already done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, uh, I had, uh, we're in a, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of 12s, you know, so they kind of acted now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be the first question I have to ask about because we try to get our listeners involved a little bit, especially when we have right. players on. And, and sometimes they ask questions that we're like, eh, I don't know if I want to ask that. But they kept bringing up STE, and I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that stands for, so I don't want to ask him and uh, it'd be something like gross or whatever. But <laughs> they ended up telling me it was the Seahawks Twitter elites. And if you haven't figured this out yet already um, – Seahawks Twitter really is the internet version of the wild, wild west. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess my big first question here for you is just what's it been like just getting this first opportunity, especially being an undrafted free agent signee, just to see how diehard the 12s really are? Honestly, it's just, it's just been fun, man. Uh, like you said, they, I mean, Seahawks fan, they're super active, uh, I think I'm a part of like three, three or four uh, group group chats in uh, on Twitter. I try to res- as I try to respond to. They just be coming in like like crazy, so I just try to <laughs> I just try to respond to as many as I can. I'm They're not like- that type of per- I'm not that type of person where I see a DM and I'm gonna ignore it. I'm gonna try to at least get back with them, even if it's not right now, even if it's later. That's just the type of person I am. So I'm uh, I'm particularly interested to hear you know what this whole process was like for you. And by the way, congratulations on your deal. Thank you. Um, you know, was there some thought you would get drafted, or was 
free agency what you and your camp kind of focused on where you could hopefully you know maybe pick where you wanted to go and and with that were the Seahawks in contact with you leading up to the draft and was this kind of where you always wanted to be despite the depth that they have in the running back room yeah 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 uh no, I had a I had a late round draft grade, so we was just, we was uh, hoping to get drafted late round, but of course it, it wasn't God's plan. So uh, I'm not mad at that. Uh, but the Seahawks, it was definitely one of those top options for for me and my agent to choose from, despite the depth. Uh, I'm the type of person I like com- competition. So so whether how no matter how the no matter how the depth is, you're gonna have to go anywhere and compete. So. Uh, I told my agent, I told my agent like four months ago, I said, man, I want to be a Seahawk. I said, no matter how, what, how it worked out, like I want to be a Seahawk. He, he told me right after I signed, he said, man, you said it's four months ago. You wanted to be a Seahawk. So now, now here it is and, and just show them what you can do. So uh, it was definitely Seahawks, man. I'm Cause I mean, I, I, I always grew up watching uh, Sean Alexander. He played at Alabama. Uh, so I'm from Alabama. I always love watching Marshawn Lynch. That's who I try to model my game after. After all, uh, so uh, the Seahawks, they was always one of those teams that that no matter what they was offering, no, no matter this, no matter that, no matter the depth chart, it was one of definitely one of those teams. I think it's refreshing that you're mentioning Sean Alexander, because a lot of the guys coming into the league now, I mean, it makes me feel ancient and I'm only 32 years old, but a lot of the guys <laughs> coming to the league are like, who? And it's like. 2005 MVP, guy that I still think should be in the Hall of Fame, but he hasn't even gotten really a sniff at it to this point. So it's refreshing to see somebody actually knows how good Sean Alexander was because I think his line was great. Don't get me wrong, but he was was an elite talent, and so it's it's refreshing. But going to Marshawn Lynch. All the all our listeners were like, "Hey, can you ask him who he models his game after?" And you made sure to answer that on Twitter with Marshawn yeah. Lynch. And I, I know that got fans stir crazy to the point where this is when you know that Seahawk fans love you. Two days after signing your contract, they are creating you on Madden and they are giving you the number twenty-four because they want you to be Marshawn Lynch. So, <laughs> I guess my big question is here. You know, you, you mentioned that Marshawn Lynch is the guy that you emulate your game after. So how would you describe your running style and your overall game? First of all, I got to say this. There will never be another Marshawn Lynch. There will never be another beast mode. Uh, you can just try to be like him, but you can't be him. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to let them know that. Uh, but I would definitely say uh, I just play with, I just, you know, just play with that savviness, you know. It's me against you. Like I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win my battle. So uh, that's how I play. I'm, I'm just like an in between the tackle type of guy. So uh, you can put me in any scheme. I feel like I, I feel like I pick. Uh, I feel like I fit the Seahawks scheme very well. So uh, and that was also another reason why I chose the Hawks. Well, and you know, you you mentioned that no one can really be like Marshawn, right? Right. But- you know, people, people on Twitter, the, the people you've been interacting with have gotten this let Josh wear 24 hashtag going. <laughs> and hey, you know, no one's wearing it right now. No one's right. wearing it on the Seahawks right now. And they've actually been pretty willing to let uh, players wear it. I believe Mike Tyson wore it a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, Shalom Luani. Yeah. For, so for you, would you, uh, you know, what would that mean to you to wear that number? Or, you know, do you uh, do you want to stick with eight? Because now the NFL, uh, the, the rules have changed where you can do that now. Honestly, it, it really don't matter. I was talking to a bunch of my family, uh, and I was actually talking to the, the guys in the group chat. 
I was like, it's just gonna be a beast mode 2.0. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna emulate his whole swag. I'm gonna get the dark vibes. I'm gonna get the purple mouthpiece. Like it's just gonna be, it's gonna be something special. But uh, no, it don't. It really don't matter what number I get. Honestly, as long as I just be able to put on that jersey, that's all that really matters to me, matters to me. I want to talk to you about the last couple of years playing for the Warhawks because uh, I follow the draft very closely. And I remember two years ago that I was looking at you as a potential guy, maybe early day three selection, but you ended up going back to Louisiana Monroe after right. having 1200 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, you had a huge season. And then this past year, just like it was for everybody, 2020 was, it was a very difficult season for you. You battled injuries right. last year. So just how difficult was it being a college football player in general, trying to play through a pandemic and, and deal with all the other things you have to deal with as a student? Uh, I would say it was super tough, honestly. Uh, I'm just, honestly, I'm just really glad we got a chance to play football. Uh, even though it's been, even though it was tough, uh, I had, I had COVID the first week. Uh, the first, the first week I had, we, we, we was playing army. I had came back that Thursday, right before we played army. And it was, and, and of course it's super tough to try to get in shape, try to get game ready two days prior to the game. So, uh, I mean, it was super tough. We had a lot of people down. You, you didn't know who was going to start this week because of COVID. Like it was super tough, but like I said, I'm just thank, I just thank God that we did get a chance to at least play football and, and football to be shown nationwide. So I want to jump off football real quick here because mm -hmm. I've seen in an interview you did uh, saying that you got a bachelor's degree in criminal justice right. and you were majoring in forensic psychology. Firstly, are you finished with that program now, the the uh, forensic psychology program? Well, actually, I, last semester was my first semester. I took this semester off to uh, focus on uh, my draft, my pre-draft stuff. And uh, I'm going to pick back up on it in the summertime. So what inspired uh, you to get into all of that? Because, I, you know, I saw you want to be a detective and work in homicide, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, no, I just, you know, something not a ton of people have the stomach for. I know, uh, certainly I don't. <laughs> no, I just really like watching a lot of shows like First 48 and a lot of crime scene stuff and uh, crime scene investigators and stuff like that. I just like watching shows like that. And I just feel in love for, for, for that type of stuff. Uh, at a young age, so I already knew what I wanted to be. Uh, that's my plan B, you know. But uh, I mean, I like that type of stuff. Honestly, I can watch that stuff all day. Well, that we know where you're going to be if uh, the Seahawks career does not work out. Maybe there'll be a new CSI. Maybe it'll be CSI Alabama, and you'll be the, <laughs> the main star. And it'll add some football uh, to it as well. <laughs> I want to keep going with this because. Really, one of our big things we like to do in this show, obviously, we want to talk football. Ty and I can talk X's and O's all day right. long, but I'm sure the 12s are already getting to learn quite a bit about you since you're mm -hmm. jumping into these group chats. But I just kind of want to get a sense what makes you tick away from the field, aside from just the, the crime scene stuff, because I think that's really fascinating. You don't see many players coming out of college going to the NFL that have those types of degrees. So it's really right. cool. You know, are you a movie buff or do you like music? What else defines Josh Johnson? I would say... I would say music. Uh, I'm, I'm not a singer or anything, but I'm just I'm just a music guy. Like my, I listen to any type of music you can put on. I'm probably know the lyrics. So uh, country, rap, gospel. Like I'm just heavy metal. You can, 
Actually, I have got into heavy metal. Uh, oh, that Bosch, that Bosch fit stuff. <laughs> so I, I was in a metal it. band, so I just had to ask. I, I most NFL players are like, "Oh no, man." <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually they be playing that at my gym, and my and my uh, one of my trainers said, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna take you to a heavy metal concert." So I was like. Hey, I'm down for it. <laughs> That's a different kind of experience, but you should be able to hold your own in a mosh pit. That would be, I think that'd be a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> so, so what are you bumping pregame? Like, what's getting you ready to run through a brick wall? Uh, I'm really listening to, like, just chill music, like gospel. I okay. put on some gospel for, uh, just to make, just so I don't get too pumped up, you know? Right. Uh, so I would say early in the morning, I'm listening to gospel. Uh, and then, like, later, like, close to the game time, I got to throw on me some rap music or something, like, getting me going some little baby or something like that. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a, that's what I do pregame. It's kind of like when you're warming up for a game, getting your body ready. You got to get your mental mindset warmed up, too. And so you got to have different kinds of music to just accelerate that process. Right, right. I know when I played, it was the same way. Although, for me, it was all metal. It was just, I'm going to find metal that's got – a lot of instrumentals so that it's not super, you know, getting me ready to run through a wall till I'm actually on a field. So every so guy's you, got their own so you strategy. Was, you was, so you was actually listening to heavy metal before game. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. You probably was hey, through a I, It must be an Indiana thing because I've talked to a couple other guys that played ball in Indiana that ended up in the NFL and they were like, yeah, we listen to hard rock. I, I don't know if it's just a Midwest thing or what, but we're all programmed. We're wired a little bit. Differently, so. <laughs> That's hey, pretty cool. I, so I'm going to ask you this last question real quick. It's kind of a broad one, but I, I think it's a fun one for you. I'm Pete Carroll, and we'll say that Ty is John Schneider here. Why are you making the 53-man roster in, se in September? What about you gives you the chance to come in in training camp and impress and be the next undrafted free agent that can make your mark here? Because I'm sure you know this. There's been a lot of undrafted free agents make the roster and do big things in Seattle. I'll say I'm, I'm a uh... – I'm a guy that's willing to separate himself from from the pack. Uh, whether it's whatever they whatever they want me at, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give them 110. percent I know I know my role as a rookie. I'm gonna have to come in there and uh and be a and be elite at special teams. So that's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, just first and foremost, coming in there and learn the playbook. Uh, I want to be I want to be sharp on all the X's and O's. Uh, and that's and I feel like that would be one of the reasons because I know. For my, I just know, for in order for me to make the fifty-three man, I'm gonna have to beat somebody out on special teams. Cause you, of course, we already know they got uh, Chris Carson, the goat. They got you got Rashad Penny, you got DJ Dallas, you got Collins. So I mean, I mean, I'm gonna just, I mean, and Travis Homer. So I, I, I know my role. Uh, I know what I have to do to make it, uh, and that's what I'm willing to do. Sounds like Pete Carroll's kind of guy. Emphasis on special teams. Josh, we've greatly appreciate having the chance to chat with you and introduce you to the 12s. And we're going to be looking forward to seeing you get out on the field here for rookie minicamp that's coming up, I believe, starting on the 13th of May. So we're going to have some actual on-field football, and I'm sure you're really fired up for that chance yes, to put on your Seahawks helmet for the first time. Yes, sir. I'm super pumped up about that. Best of luck to you. Good, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you.
You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Follow Locked On Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Coming up on our Thursday show, John Williams of Locked On Sooners will be checking in to share some insight on Seahawks' fourth-round pick, Trey Brown. Plus, I'll be breaking down Seattle's depth chart post-draft with defensive tackles. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Go Hawks!